Bitch, I'm finna, bitch, I'm finna boo. Bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, me and all my crew went from military infantry to goons. All because the feds forgot the people make the rules. Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, I'm finna boogaloo. Like a movie that's coming to a reality near you. What's going on, guys? This is another episode of the Goon Squad podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Classified Country Boy. I'm Clutch Nixon. I'm Malpractice Medic. I'm Josie. And I'm Clayton Moore. And, ladies and gentlemen, this is my last episode on the Goon Squad podcast. I'm leaving the movement. I decided it would be better if I came on and actually said my piece on the on the podcast as to why I'm leaving instead of just doing a, a rage quit, disappearing, and leaving people wonder. I'm not expecting any tears or fanfare or goodbyes or anything else like that. I'm still going to be around. People can still get a hold of me. I'm just going to try and be more on a involved level in my community because to me, I was spending a lot of time in the movement. And I know I'd recorded an episode about making sure that you take care of your mental health and make sure that you save some time with your family because that's going to be most important. If that's why you're in the movement, that's something you need to remember. And for me, that's what I had to do is I had to remember that I was in the movement for my family and I was spending too much time on my phone talking within the movement. I was spending too much time in the streets protesting, going to rallies, events, and I was leaving my family behind. And, you know, like they would ask questions, you know, of like where I was, why I was doing it. And it just kind of got to a point where for me and my personal opinion, it was kind of hard to explain because especially with all the infighting and stuff that's gone on within the movement and all the stress and heartache and sometimes the lack of participation in some of these events and stuff like that, it came, became harder and harder for me to justify anything of really not having time with my family. And so with a lot of the time and effort that I put into this movement and like with the podcast and everything, I just decided that I feel it's more important to focus on community involvement as far as volunteering and things like that, because that's where you're really going to make a difference. And that's where you're really actually going to start reaching people if you have a level-headed conversation, because you're not always going to be able to have that interaction positively by showing up armed every single event. Even though that's what the movement is about, is talking about 2A and everything else like that, we're also running into the issue too, where we're having a harder audience to reach if we're armed or looking quote unquote intimidating. Now that should be a subject of matter that should change and the mindset that should change, but it's going to be slow and we need to keep that in mind. So with that said, I've decided that I wanted to stay focused in my community, um, talk with people, volunteer, try to make a difference here. Whether if it's just as simple as like picking up trash and maybe somebody asking me questions of why I'm doing it, you know, and, and sprinkling in a little bit of uh, liberty context in that, I feel like that there's a lot better of a chance of making some kind of difference there than, you know, going out and doing a same old, same old while the media continues to highlight us as extremists or making it harder for us to have that uphill battle. And it makes it a lot harder to change people's minds that way, because once the media changes uh, and writes a picture, it's harder to try and get around that because that's what everybody else sees. So once you start to reach people on a community level, you actually start to reach them at their base level because they see you doing a really good thing. So that's kind of like my aim and my goal that I want to try to get at. And I think you can always achieve the same message and not always by doing goon shit. So with that being said, people can still reach me. People know how to get a hold of me. My Twitter 
I'm not going to follow it as often as I was because it's movement oriented, but I can still be reached there at Class Country Boy. I will check it occasionally and I can still talk with people there. Uh, there's still a couple of platforms that I can be reached, but I'm pretty much dumping everything else. But for me, in my opinion, I think I'm leaving the podcast behind uh, in some really, really good hands and some really, really good voices of the movement that are really, really well thought out and very topical. Um, and with that, I you know, leave it in good hands and I'm putting a lot of trust in Clayton, Clutch Nixon, Malpractice Medic, Koa, Echo, and Josie. But I'm putting a lot of the responsibility on Clayton with the editing and things like that, taking point on it. So with that, if you want to go ahead and carry on, Clayton. It's going to be sad to see you go, country boy. You got to say, man, without you, none of this would be possible. And we wouldn't have this platform to do what we do and talk the talk. So I'm immensely grateful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, I wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for you. So. I'm sad to see you go, but totally understand it. And much love, brother. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, and, and quite honestly, um, I'm going to drop the dime on malpractice here. Malpractice was actually the one that helped me uh, get into this the way that I did, take off the way that I did. And with Josie, uh, I mean, actually, this group of people here, some of the people that I've known the longest in the, in the movement entirely, and Josie's actually the one that I had some of the first initial conversations with as well. So, I mean, yeah, as far as like leaving the movement behind, I'll be sad about that. But I feel I made some lifelong lasting friends out of this and family. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I hope that my voice and some of the work that I've done has been enough to help inspire some other people as well. I don't feel like they're big shoes to fill. I think that it's just going to take inspire, inspiration and a lot of work from everybody, a collective effort. And I'm, I'm glad to have been able to help inspire others. Yeah, you're like one of the the... I've known you the longest and um, yeah, you've become, you know, like family. I would do anything for you and your family, dude. Same to you, for real. It was a pleasure to be able to meet you. I kind of feel like that was awesome to finally be able to meet you, put faces with a lot of the names and, you know, I mean, they always, <laughs> you're always not supposed to meet people randomly online and go meet up with them in real life, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I met some of the greatest people doing that, so it's it's yeah. been fun. Yeah, man, it's been real. It's been uh, an interesting road since we've known each other and we've both grown a lot. I don't blame you at all for leaving. I truly don't. Yeah, I just feel like there's a, a different focus. I mean, even though I say I'm leaving the movement, I'm not necessarily leaving it like entirely. I'm just kind of leaving this aspect of it, this portion of it. I just kind of feel like there's a different path that I should be taking. And I think that's what I'm going to do. And if that's something that other people are considering as well, I'm going to encourage it, you know, uh, get involved and volunteer. I mean, be about that action. Don't just sit and talk about it. Actually take action. That's right, man. You and I talked for a while the other night. We have to be helping out in our communities because that's what all this is about. We have to inspire people and essentially everything we learn from the movement. It's just like you said, we can't be in full kit all the time. We can be out there protecting people and serving people in a different form. And fuck, you can still rock a concealed vest and concealed carry if you want. You know, that's still doing security. It's bad at, if you know if you want to feel like a goon while you're doing it. But go out there and help people in the community. Go pick up trash. Do anything. Anything. Yeah. And even, even just focusing on your family. 
because there's so much yeah. that we have to teach the next generation for whatever they're going to have to fight for, you know? So just setting that foundation within your family is just as important as being in the community. Well, and the thing is too, I mean, there's always the sentiment of I'm doing it so my children don't have to because my father or my parents didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that, sentiment, that sentiment does bring true, but also at the same time too, by focusing on your family, you're being able to make sure that you're making sure you set your family up for whatever needs to happen. Because I know like my family, for example, didn't give me the tools. I mean, my family kind of set me up to be a conservative right-wing you know, back the blue and a police apologist and, you know, just kind of feeding into the system. Whereas like, I want to make sure that my family understands the difference between going with the flow or actually understanding what's right and what's moral, you know, and just because it's a law doesn't mean that it's moral or that it's right. It's almost like if you have a family and kids right now, we're, we're past the point of doing it. So our kids don't have to, it's almost like we have to prepare our kids because we weren't prepared it's almost too late to do something about it. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but I definitely, I definitely understand that standpoint just because of the simple fact that the way society is right now is they're just, they're way too damn comfortable with everything in front of them. You could see it reflecting on society very easily by looking at the way that people handle their finances. A lot of people are on credit, first of all, You talk to somebody, hell, like 30, 40 years older than you or your grandparents, they'll say that they used to pay for everything with cash up front. And it wasn't until people started falling into these these loan, these uh, really bad loan cycles where they'll get into the debt. You can make it easier by consolidating debt, but you got to take another loan first or you could refinance. You know, and you, you can get a lump sum payment out of your account, but you have to extend the term or your APR is going to go up. Uh, people don't have savings accounts. They spend their whole paycheck, their living paycheck to paycheck. They're living above their means. Hello, there's a thing called separation of income. You, you have earned income is what you, you bleed and sweat for. You have your passive income, which is your money working for you by way of investments. You even see it in celebrities, athletes. They'll get paid. They'll go spend it all on clothes, cars, houses, jewelry. You know, houses, you know, okay, you know, it may be an investment. But the jewelry, you know, stuff that depreciates, cars, like, where's it going? what are you saving for what's going to happen if all that breaks you know you crash the car all that money is gone you've you pissed it away when you drove off the dealership lot there's the very visual display made possible by society that everybody's really procrastinating hardcore on these things and when it comes down to shit hitting the fan it's over you know like how are you going to recover from that take another loan COVID was a direct representation of how society is just going to be comfortable living their lives the way that they are and how like financially people can be hit. And if they believe that the government's going to be there as a safety net to take care of them, then they'll just live off of that. Um, I watched a, a thing today about like social security and like why it's implemented and what it's used for. And 
how it's becoming depleted and why it's becoming depleted, you know, and people talk about, you know, the greatest generation, but because of the greatest generation, they're the reason why a lot of our finances are the way that they are because the over borrowing and the overpayment that they're getting because there's so many of them, but they really set our generation up for failure and fucking us up. Like it skipped generation X and went straight to the millennial generation and generation Z, I think we're really going to end up paying the price for it ultimately. A good website to kind of help everybody wake up. It's a lot to, lot to take in looking at it at first. usdebtclock.org. Now it's an actual thing. You can go in New York and look at it and it's hung up on the, on the wall right? You can see it from the street and it shows you the debt of reclimbing. So it's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. They actually took it down once or covered it up, whatever, when the debt started going down, but you can kind of make the connection here. Once they did that, people forgot it was only a matter of time before the debt started going up again. So, you know, shit rolls downhill if people that are supposed to be overseeing the financial security of the nation are doing this with the money that we pay to them, then shit, it's no wonder that everybody's like this. They're building it up too, just like we are. And the thing is, I mean, people are unhappy. People understand that things are uncomfortable, but they're willing to turn a blind eye to it and ignore it because they've got social media, they've got internet, they've got Pornhub, they've got Netflix. I mean, they've got all these things to keep them comfortable and blindfolded and continue to keep them from paying attention to what's going on and and to what exactly, you know, like the government's doing and what, what the games that they're playing and you know, and, and, and any time that there would be any attention drawn to a national debt or to whatever financial crisis is going on, you know, like the housing market or anything like that, there's just the smoke and mirrors every time you look around. And, and we talk about with the gun control legislation and how if something doesn't fit a narrative, they're going to sweep it under the rug. And once that it brings it to their narrative, they are able to quickly, you know, point the finger and And it gets frustrating because it's like all these different topics and all these different issues that are really super important that we need to be paying attention to and throwing a red flag over and talking about as a society and coming together, people are just being directed to walk away from it and not talk about it. So this financial crisis that people go through, anything that would help encourage people to manage their money wisely or even be more self-reliant, they're kind of being pushed away from that and to continue to conform to the rest of society and to the rest of the regulations that the government has to offer. And people just, they're not paying attention to it. They're missing out. And they're really missing a big opportunity to where they can say enough is enough. Like, let's get rid of the two-party system. Let's get rid of, let's reform the government. Our government isn't a real actual representation of our voices or anything else like that. And so people are just kind of stuck sitting in the same vicious cycle. And until we can try and educate enough people to really stand up and say, you know what? this is fucked. We got to stop dealing with this shit. They're just going to continue to be more and more comfortable. And I hate to say it because me personally, I don't think taking to the streets and protesting and rioting and continuing to be labeled as terrorists or extremists or anything else like that is going to be what's going to make that change. It's just not. 
people are not going to listen to something like that because yeah, you've got your right wingers, the pro two a people and things like that, that are like, Oh yeah, you know, this is great. You're out of here armed and kitted and everything, but we're also missing out on a vital side of the argument with the left and the liberals and, and reaching them because they're not listening to somebody who's armed because that's against their principles and their ideals. So they want to listen to somebody who relates to them. So knowing how to reach your community is what's important. And that's what really needs to happen. And that's part of what I'm doing by stepping back and, and taking a different approach is I'm looking at a different angle on how I can try and reach that voice of the people and, and really try and talk with them because that's where things will make their changes on the local level. Because once you start to highlight things like I've had conversations with people, especially recently, unarmed. I mean, not really even like giving a true representation of like a libertarian or anarchist culture or anything else like that. And just, you know, relating with them as they're bitching about certain topics and issues where they're like, man, you know, all this shit that's going on, man, like the government, I can't trust them. And it's like, bingo, you really can't. Like, why are you continuing to allow them to do this? Man, I really fucking hate wearing a mask. Well, you know what's going to change that if we all fucking stop wearing one? How about that? Let's stop conforming to these regulations and rules and stuff man, the, the market just really sucks. So do something about it. Let's let's do something. What can you do? What do you think we can do? Standing there with a rifle and a kit, in my opinion, I don't think is really going to help you reach that voice because they're immediately going to be thinking something else that you're willing to try and do that really shouldn't be done. Well, and that's what I like about this liberty movement. It's so full of all these different individuals with all these different ways to reach people. And there are ways that only certain people can be reached, right? For some going out armed to protests, it's not going to reach them. For you know others, it will. I've met people out of protests who have turned out to be good people and liberty-minded and everything like that. But yeah, no, you're right. That shouldn't be the only thing people look at. There's a lot of different ways that people look to subvert the state. I mean, that's why Bitcoin's so huge, right? <laughs> Bitcoin is super huge right now because a whole lot of people are realizing, thankfully, finally, that the Federal Reserve has been fucking us all for decades. And, um, you know, it, w when you talk about, oh, it's the, it's the boomer's fault, the economy is like this. Well, it's really the, the Federal Reserve. I mean, when the boomers were alive, we had sound money. We, we had, you know, our, our money was backed by gold and silver up until the 60s. And then we got off of that. And our money's lost, what, 90% of its value since then, since the 60s. So <laughs> all the policy in the world doesn't excuse the fact that the Federal Reserve prints money like nothing and then loans it to the government at interest backed by our tax dollars. So it, it, it's it's just a system to keep us paying into it. and yeah, we're making less every year. Yeah, that's why people are trying to get into Bitcoin. <laughs> and then for some reason, Elon Musk backpedaling on that, his tweet where he said that he's he's not accepting Bitcoin for Tesla anymore because it is using fossil fuels. <laughs> How about the uh, environmental impact of battery production? Right. Yeah, his batteries that can't be recycled after they're expired. What are they going to do with them? Well, then I don't know. I think they just go in landfills. Landfills, and they have, they sometimes they have been disposed in oceans. But that's, that's just it. I mean, you're bringing up really good points of conversation that you can really reach people. Bitcoin uh, or crypto, it's reaching mainstream. It's reaching people because, like you said, people are understanding that the Fed just fucking sucks and that the American dollar just doesn't hold value. 
So they're looking for something else that is going to be a good safety net for them. You know, that's a point of conversation. Tesla, that's another thing you can reach another audience. You know, just do some research, talk to people and try to reach them in their interests and their understandings. And you can really build a conversation and build a, a relationship with them and build a relationship with Liberty. I mean, people are going to want to know more. They will. They'll ask questions. It's in their nature, you know, and, and yeah, some people, they'll appreciate you being armed. Some people will appreciate you being unarmed. Some people are just going to appreciate the conversation. And that's what you need to do. Because these hot button topics, like with Elon Musk like and Bitcoin, people are becoming very, very curious. Why isn't he accepting it? Do some research, find out about it, you know, and, and hell, it may even change your mind to even help direct a conversation properly. But boys and squirrels, I'm going to go ahead and cut out because I got to get up early in the morning. So it's been real. And I appreciate everything that's been going on with this podcast. I got a couple episodes I need to wrap up and get done. That will be my last contribution for the podcast. So with that, this is Classified Country Boy signing off. I'll be making appearances on Josie's Spaces thing on Twitter. But uh, other than that, really, I mean, it's going to be about the extent of my involvement publicly anymore. So I will be talking with you all later. Thanks for everything, bro. Yeah, thank you. Be safe, man. Always. Sad to see rip, the legend go. Rip my heart out. Yep. Just abandoned me. Yeah, that was not cash money. That was no. dad going out for cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll keep it rolling here then. That's all we can do is keep moving forward, right, guys? That's right. No, I, I hate to revive a topic like this, especially after something so sad like, like country leaving, but Angelo Quinto. Late last year, he was killed by police after they knelt on his neck. On December 23rd, 2020, he was yep. having... Two days before Christmas. Two days before Christmas, he was having a mental health crisis, and his sister called the police because she was afraid he might hurt his mother. But when the police showed up, they were all hugging. She called thinking that they were going to help and, and then they killed him. I don't understand how, according to his mother, who, who was there the entire time, he said he was passive and was not resisting. And somehow he still ends up on the ground handcuffed with, with the one officer's knee on his neck for f- nearly five minutes while another officer was restraining his legs. So, like, he couldn't move. And he's in the middle of this health crisis. It sounds like by the time they even got there, he was already getting better. It sucks. Does it say anything about what escalated that? I haven't been able to actually see the video yet. I've been reading a lot about it. But everywhere I look, the video is no longer available. Yeah, so the cops didn't have their body cams on. So that's one thing. The only video I think is what his mom started taking when she saw that his eyes were rolling back in his head. Where did this happen? Antioch, Northern California. The Antioch Police Department. How old was he again? 30. 30. Jeez. Just a couple days before Christmas. This is a disturbing pattern, isn't it?
You know, we, we saw it with George Floyd, Alex Rios. Why, why does anybody think it's a good idea to put all that weight on a person? Because they don't see them as people. I mean, they're, they're trained to dehumanize prisoners, inmates, people that they consider criminals. They're, you know, attack dogs. They see a target and that's all they do, you know? They're, they see red. Yeah. They don't think. They're trained to do. In the prison and the jails, you see the example play out a lot more clearly. Take, for example, the Stanford prison experiments. Look at what happened when only certain people were allowed to have the authority for a length of time. You know, the madness ensued, literal madness ensued. People did things that they would normally say, oh yeah, I would never do that because that's sick. But when it comes down to it, yeah, they would do that. It's the mob mentality. That's what I've been trying to figure out is how, what, what can we do? The reason they're doing stuff like that is because qualified immunity, they know they have it. Why would they essentially make their job harder if it doesn't matter to them in the long run either way? And like you said, it, they don't value our human lives. They only see thin blue lines as far as they're concerned. They only look out for each other. You it know, doesn't matter about skin color on our end. When I'm at work and I'm doing what I'm doing, before I finish a task, I look at it again and I make sure it's good to my standards. You know, sometimes my standards are higher than the company has set, but that's, you know, it's pride and workmanship. Little kids growing up, you know, I want to be a police officer. You know, a lot of, some of them follow through with it. The ones that made it follow through with it. And, you know, they didn't see themselves doing this kind of shit. They saw themselves being the good guy, leaving everybody with a smile on their face, you know, walk away whistling. Yeah, truly helping people. But that, how, how does that not happen? How does it, you know, devolve to what we have? I know some people disagree with me, but I still try to look at everybody as an individual. So amongst cops, I think there's the possibility for a good intentioned, well-meaning cop. Now, I think the whole system needs thrown out, and I think their participation in the system, they definitely still have a moral culpability to that, but they're brainwashed to think that they're right. So in a certain sense, you have to have some compassion, pity, I don't know, something, some understanding of their mindset if you want even a hope of changing it, right? So from their mindset, they are the good guys. The, I don't even like how that sounded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You got, you got to try to humanize them. And that was another conversation I had today with one of my guys was, what if we made it us versus the feds and literally just in the fucking fed and let states run their own shit? You know what I mean? Because there was a cop that was killed in New Mexico in February and there was video of it, Darian Jarrett and he essentially got mag dumped in his face. But oddly enough, 60 seconds after the last shot was fired, Homeland Security dudes in full kit just come strolling up. That's pretty fucking odd. And then come to find out yesterday, there's a lawsuit against the feds because they knowingly let him into the ambush. They knew the dude was armed and they just, they were trying to get him stopped. Like that was it. So it, it essentially, but, and that's a good point, man. I mean, what if we rallied everybody and just 
ended the federal government or whatever federal whatever you know what if that was our goal versus what we were we're trying to do now which doesn't seem to be working yeah i mean i'd still take that over what we have for sure oh yeah something that reminds me of a poll that i did on twitter about um i asked uh it if people believed in the total abolishment of police and surprisingly a lot of people don't um which is surprising and not surprising at the same time because mm -hmm. i know a lot of people they feel like if we ended the federal government and we left every community to like uh come up with what works for them a lot of communities would like some sort of like policing i guess yeah, the conversations that I, I can have. get behind that because that's a step in the right direction, right? So mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we're going for. Yeah, yeah, it'd be more like the old West kind of where like uh, the town would like hire or elect a sheriff or something and they'd be in charge of, you know, keeping law and order in the town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just work it out or don't, you know, it's up to you. Right. You all definitely hit the nail right on the head with that. The sheriff's office in the United States originated from rural communities' needs to maintain law and order. Now, the sheriff's office is way more influenced by community sentiment and way less militarized than police departments. People connect with the sheriffs more. Here in the U.S., sheriffs are elected officials. People put a lot of trust in their elected officials. The sheriffs are no exception. Even in video games and movies, you see them portrayed as one with the people, always there to lend a helping hand with a smile on their face, ready to lead and conquer any danger that may stand in the way. Now, just because they have been portrayed so well doesn't mean that they don't have to be on their best behavior. Let's all remember that the people's trust can always be lost. It's up to them to act with integrity and due diligence in the service of their communities. And with that, I think we're getting close to the end here. Does anybody else have anything they would like to add? Anybody have any uh, opinions on this uh, Israel-Palestine thing? There are growing amount of rallies and pro or protests rather going on oh, for man. Palestine. They're going pretty hard in the paint, so. I think that is an excellent topic for discussion on next week's episode. We'll also be having Trent Ortner on the show. Trent is the chair and executive director of the Redacted Caucus Liberty Movement, or RCLM for short. RCLM is based in Texas, and they're working hard to spread their message of liberty. We really look forward to having them on. And with that, I think we'll close up shop. It was definitely a sad day for us here as we said goodbye to our friend, ally, and host, Classified Country Boy. He did so much for us in his pursuit of liberty. We'll never forget all the things he did and the impact that he made. And now, my friends, I wish you farewell until next week. I'm your host, Clayton Moore. You can find me on Twitter at I am Clayton Moore. I'm Clutch Nixon. You can find me at on Twitter at Clutch Stunts. I'm Malpractice Medic, and you can find me on Twitter at Afraid Chair. I'm Josie, and you can find me on Twitter, although I don't recommend it. At <laughs> and as always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Goon Squad PR.
See you next week. Bitch, I'm finna, bitch, I'm finna boog. Bitch, I'm finna boog. Yeah, me and all my crew went from military infantry to goons. All because the feds forgot the people make the rules. Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boog. Yeah, I'm finna boogaloo. Like a movie that's coming to a reality.